Hello and welcome to the Race FF Podcast. I am your host, Jaime Garcia, and today, guys, we have a treat. We have a real good treat. Let me just, woo, we're a little hot. Um, you know, when, when I started, like, with NASA, I never really thought that I would be an instructor. And to be honest, to have that ability to help somebody when they're first starting out is still like kind of wild to me. Like I, I, it's just like, I, I would not believe that I would be where I am, where, where I am now, uh, when I first started and the ability to help people has just forever, like changed the way that I see things, especially road racing wise. And helping people is just like huge to me now that I've like gotten a taste for it and seeing people develop, become better and just be overall impressive with the gains that they've done. And I think very few people that I've talked to that have like literally just heard what I've said and like gone a hundred percent for it. And one of the best examples that I have is here with me, my first actual guest in the in this uh, shitty IRL guest <laughs> is um, John from 91 Octane. John? Hello, Jaime. Thank you for uh, having me in your studio. This is extremely impressive. Um, I actually tripped out that you have your intro loaded into that unit. You're yeah. like, you, you don't even edit this at the end. You're like... The intro and uh, outro, I have both in the... But you have it in there, yeah. right? So then as soon as we're done, you're ready to post. This is the most efficient setup. I, I am all about streamlining, making things efficient. And obviously, like, this is a little inside baseball uh, kind of talk. But what I've learned from podcasting with uh, you and Tony is that you want to make things about as streamlined as possible because there's going to be a times when podcasting becomes like a little bit of a chore to get the episodes out consistently oh, sure. yeah and it's not that it doesn't mean that you don't like what you do yeah but it just that like you know sometimes you get lazy and yeah it's a grind it's yeah absolutely i mean even just coming up with like episode titles descriptions <laughs> you're just like i don't want to do this this week yeah and i mean like dude I make it a point every time that I see a student or somebody else or somebody that I've helped out when they do something really well. And I, I think it it's probably like a, a little triggering to some people, especially like someone like you and me who have a Hispanic background. Yeah. But I always make a point to go ahead and say like, especially like when you got into HPD3, to say, dude, I'm proud of you because that's something... As, like, a Hispanic, we don't hear from our elders as much. Yeah, that's and, true. And, like, to me, I'm like, you're doing something freaking awesome, and I know how hard it is to do it because I've done it before. So I'm going to take the time to go ahead and say, like, bro, I'm proud of what you're doing. Like you're breaking the cycle. It's funny that you say that because it's uncomfortable. It is. But it that's really... because we grew up. It's not, <laughs> it's not so much uncomfortable to say. It's like, foreign. acknowledging people's accomplishments is fun right yeah but to receive those compliments sometimes it's like yeah this is this, i'm not used to this I didn't exactly this. <laughs> exactly and that's why i make a note of it of doing that because i know that it's going to mean something and then 
hopefully my idea is that when the opportunity comes for you to help somebody else out, you remember how how that impacted you and how you can go ahead and keep those, uh, I, I think, are positive. Uh, and pay if, it forward. Yeah, exactly. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely, dude. That's, it's, uh, I think that's definitely what it's about. Um, that's kind of what I noticed in you. And I think it's a lot of the, the most intimidating pieces of starting to go to the track and start mm-hmm. to take that, uh, t- that jump because you don't know who's going to end up in your car. Yeah. And I've had some instructors, not with NASA, but I've had instructors on the BMW side who weren't as kind. Oh, yeah. It was a lot more yelling, a lot more banging, a lot more slapping of the dashboard yeah. than like encouragement. So absolutely, I think I think you're right. You should definitely reward people with the accolades of, yeah. you know, of what they've accomplished. And it's not like trying to like you know be the whole like oh you have to be uber nice to people no you you have to be firm when they make mistakes oh yeah but at the same time recognize that when they do something good because a lot of this stuff is really freaking hard yeah and that brings me to our first conversation topic is really talking about something that you uh, reached out to me specifically about and that was to get on your first time out to Button Willow a sub two ten. Yes. Which is incredibly hard because I've been stuck at a two oh nine in my car for a while. So when you told me that I was I had two responses <laughs> and you, you remember them well. One of them was like, Good luck, man, that's hard. And the second one is like, I'm gonna do everything I can to help you get there. Right. And it's like I want to have people that I work with or instruct or whatever have realistic goals. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to push a higher, loftier goal, then, yeah, let's go for it. And I'll help you as much as I can. But I also don't want you to feel crushed when it doesn't happen. And recapping this uh, Speed SF weekend that we did, because I haven't really talked about it. Okay. (laughs) Um both of us did really well in that I finally got over my 209 hump. Right. And got it down to a 207.3. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. <laughs> with the uh, 6-year-old uh, Maxxis RC1s that are like literally above your head right now. <laughs> oh yeah, they're ready to go. Yeah. And um 2-year-old uh Maxxis RC1s on the front and the rear shocks on my Silver Civic are blown. Not like slightly blown. I mean, they they were completely wet uh, for track events before. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that I was able to finally get through it um, on our first session out, essentially. Yeah. With an Which or- we really only had the first couple sessions to do it because it was so hot. Hot. It, it was... It's, um, it's funny uh, mentioning that because June... July, according to Kevin Burke, who I just had on, is not PB weather. Not... I, I listened to that episode and I heard what he said. He ba- they're basically throwaway months. Yeah. You know, because <clears throat> you're not going to PB. Yeah. And I was like, well, h- hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. I don't like this foreshadowing that's going on. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, it, it, and it's hard because it's like... It, He's very knowledgeable and he knows what's going to be out there. But if you have a well set up car and you're driving, 
you know, consistently close to the limit, uh, July and June because of the heat, it's, it's not going to be a PB month. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's, and, that's for sure. And I mean, like, we're also talking about the actual fatigue that happens on the driver, and that's huge. Yeah. yeah. I didn't feel it. I, I've never felt the fatigue and the loss of concentration as much as I did at that Bun Willow event. Yeah, I mean, and you're also dealing with the issues that you drive up the same day. Yeah. Which is rough, and that's something that... Like moving forward, you're gonna have to like address. Yeah, getting up at two in the morning is kind of not. That's that's not cool. No, it's not. Yeah, I, I I couldn't do that yeah. to be quite honest. And you know, the fact that I was able to do the two hundred seven, but not only just doing that, but you going out there in your first session, and I saw you out there, and I was like, "Fuck, John is on a mission," and you did. <laughs> That freaking 207 in your run group. And, I mean, dude, I, I was so impressed. And, again, I was really proud of you, man. Thank you. Thank you. No, yeah. That That's felt, that felt not good. easy at all. Like, it's not easy at Button Willow to get all the corners correct enough to get that kind of lap time, especially given that that's like your second time really being at the track. Yeah. I didn't really have a time before that. I mean, the first time there was just so How much, much traffic. traffic that I never got, I probably never got a lap under like 220. Yeah. So this time I was kind of there to really see what my first lap time was going to be. Uh, but prior to that, we had talked about getting under 210 and you were mm -hmm. like, good luck. And I was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, but, you, but you did help me that that first, the first time we went out to Button Willow, you, uh, you took me out in the EG. Yeah, and I showed um, you a you, full yeah, pace. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that I wasn't immensely. I wasn't holding back that that whole time, and yeah. you got to see like, and, and one of the things that I wanted to show you was how to deal with like passing in a mixed group like that. Yeah, and it's you know you help the car that's faster, like overtake you, but as soon as they're like three quarters of the way out. You're not lifting anymore. You're buried in there, and oh, you yeah. ride that bumper. Oh, for sure. Because I mean, prior, like, yeah, I, that's like the first thing I'm looking at. Like, okay, when can I get back on the gas? Yeah, and it's immediate. Once, because yeah. if a car, especially in time trials, is catching you, he's faster. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be faster in every single part of the track. Right. And with my vehicle, I have to. I can't give up a corner. I give up a corner. I give up the lap. Right. So I'll help facilitate a overtake or a pass, but I'm going to get right back on it. And you saw that like firsthand, like even though oh, we're, yeah. this car was like overweight and like underpowered for the class, it was just like bam back on it. And we're like, you know, a bumper off of the other car and yeah, you're like, yeah, oh yeah. shit. Like that's how you facilitate a pass. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see you take the next step to push into now time trials because I think you have the pace. Your lap times show it. You would be, you know, in the top six of the TT5 class. And more importantly than that, your heads-up awareness, your overtakes um, have, have been – or passes have been really clean. And, you know, whenever you've gone off, especially at Button Willow, I like the way that you were talking about how 
you knew it was happening before you got there and you were already planning what to do when you went off. Yeah, yeah. So to me, it shows me that you're testing things out, but you're also cognizant of where the limits are and how close you are to each one of those limits as you are driving. And to me, that that's like perfect type of mentality that I want to see in like other people who are in time trials. Yeah, no, no, thanks. Thanks for that. I think that a lot of those things I definitely want because I also want to be even in my loss of control. I want to be predictable to other people because mm-hmm. I know I'm sharing the track with mm-hmm. others, you know, like the worst thing or I guess the most annoying thing for me is when I'm getting ready to pass someone, but they're not driving predictively enough to for me to go. Exactly. You know, so it's uh, yeah, definitely pay attention. I mean, I also don't want to wreck my car. Yeah. So definitely need to pay attention to those things and, and get rid there's a lot of things though that, that that i still need to work on i was telling you i review a lot of my footage i mean almost daily mm-hmm. and i'm just like oh, i should have done this better i should have done that better should have broke later here i can mm-hmm. carry 10 more mile per hour here but you know it'd be nice to like live on a track and just work on all these things all the time yeah and i mean we have very limited time to go ahead and get uh things settled and done um out on the track and it's so easy to go back because you have all the time in the world to address every single corner when you're uh reviewing it so you can be super critical of it but until you start like having data traces and looking at what the the actual data tells you um you're never going to really be able to have like a definitive oh this was better or this was better because you won't know um, until you have that data showing you what is going to be faster, what is going to be slower. Well, the thing about the Garmin is that it tells you, right? Oh, like, really? Yeah, it'll be like, oh, you should, you were faster when you broke later here. Oh, you were okay, faster okay. if you go such and such miles per hour faster here. I, I keep forgetting about the Garmin's features just yeah. because I've never met, uh, messed with it. Yeah, it'll tell you how much you miss your apex by, like oh. where you should be, all that stuff. So. It's easy to see like the areas that you can okay. improve on pretty easily. Um, and then there's the stuff of your own observation, right? And mm-hmm. watching other people's YouTube videos, which has been a big help too. Like, mm-hmm. wow, they're going, you know, 80 miles an hour through that turn. I haven't crossed 70 yet. Mm-hmm. So those are the opportunities that I'm like, man, I, I wish I could go dig at them right now. Yeah. 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 And unless you had like a coach reviewing your data, like an actual, like, coach that knows data very well yeah like doing a download after every single session that's where i think like you can really make those leaps and bounds and i'm definitely going to go in that direction i just feel like i haven't exhausted like my own oh yeah research yet right i mean because it's gonna get to a point where i just don't know enough exactly and i'm gonna plateau yeah and then i'll be hunting for the you know graham downies and yeah you know all the analytics people to to help me out exactly but now that we're talking about what actually makes fast cars what actually makes good cars out on track and that is really working on on the driver having a a consistent setup we we've talked so much about how we see people building cars overbuilding them for the track and then you look at what the results are and mind you i don't have the best results either um but they're not horrible results yeah and 
Of course, I'm kind of alluding to the fact that you see a lot of automotive uh, YouTube builds, and they they're really good at what they do. They know the algorithm, and you know what? They're way more successful in terms of getting eyeballs onto their media than uh, I am. But you know, the specific one that I wanted to bring up and kind of like compare and contrast with like what you've done and what they've done is really the whole donut media's like a uh, money pit. Yes. With the um Miata that they built because is to me that's the quintessential way of how not to build a car for the track. 100%. <laughs> it's just how to throw so much money at a car that was working fine before you turboed it, before you did all this other stuff to it. And it's like, bro, you could have just put tires and brakes and just left it alone and gotten so much faster. And I think he's still stuck at like a 147 or a 148. I forget what the lap time was. I thought it was a 150. He did a 150. I think that was... And then they went back and he did a... Okay. uh, But I mean, like... For a car that weighs probably like 25, 2,400 pounds. Yeah. And it has more power than both yeah. of our cars. <laughs> and it's going like four to five seconds slower than my EG. <laughs> yeah. And you're at 139 right now. Yeah, I'm at 139 now. So, I mean, you, you didn't spend 18 grand on uh, a Miata for no, that. No, and it's like, you know, like that's the car that you build when you don't educate yourself. Yeah. You know, when you, because I mean, there's, okay, there's there's like a few levels, right? There's the, the race car that you build based on the idea of what a race car should should be mm-hmm. without knowing anything about going out to the track. Yeah. And that's what Dona Media did. Mm-hmm. And then there's the race car you build with the experience of going to the track. Mm-hmm. And then there's the race car you build after you read rule books. Yeah. And they, I don't think they've mentioned a rule book once. No. And it's funny that you mentioned the whole like rule book because I was watching their newest one, which I know uh, kind of stabbed at your heart a little bit, (laughs) seeing that they are building a BMW, uh, what is that? It's an E36. E36 uh, for Rally. And I think in the most recent video, and and I watch it, I mean, it's entertaining. They're really good at editing. They're way better at that stuff than I am. I probably will. I mean, they have a better staff and a lot more money and more stuff going through it but yeah it's like you're building a car for a rule set and a racing series that is not defined so you can get lost in the weeds of everything but like even worse is that like it they're not building it for reliability no they're not building against a rule book they're not building with any real goals in mind other than just building something and and that's the most frustrating part and i kind of i'm 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 envious in that i built my e36 Mm -hmm. i mean i almost every nut and bolt on that car was taken off and put back on Mm -hmm. and replaced and a lot of people think that the car is built as a result but that's not what i did i I refreshed the entire car Mm -hmm. and kept it as stock as possible 
because I wanted it to be reliable, one. Yeah. And then, two, I need to learn how to drive before exactly. I Seat end time. up, you know, before I end up putting all these power mods or whatever on the car. So, of course, what that means that I need a car to be reliable. Yeah. And that's it. Whereas with Dona Media, you know, they didn't do any of that, but they put that whole series together, which is something that I essentially could have done with yeah. mine if I would have had the patience. Um, but that's just really not my lane. Yeah. And now that they're jumping into e the E36, now I'm noticing them doing this, making the same mistakes. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you know, what is fast? Like, yeah. if your lap time is 150, is that really fast? Well, it depends. Like, are no, you in a? No, nah, it's not. <laughs> are you in like a like a B spec class where all the oh, cars okay, are like yeah, yeah. Uh, a Mitsubishi like a Mirage or whatever? Yeah, like, for sure, like eighty horsepower. It, yeah. Something something like that. Then <laughs> yeah, that, I guess I I, I guess that I took would a be Mitsubishi quick. Mirage to Vegas. Once. I know that's why I brought it up because <laughs> I know you're intimately involved <laughs> in how how uh, powerful that yeah, vehicle can be. Yeah, yeah. I guess in that sense, you're right. Like, you know, what's fast? Yeah. And if you don't have a good comparison or a rule book or a class, then you don't know. For instance, if I was out there going like, hey, dude, I'm doing a 144. Like, I'm beating Dota Medium's time. I guess I'm really, really fast. But then I look at what the car is going to be spec to with your Sonda challenge. And you see that they're doing 136, it's 137. So you're like, oh, there's, uh, <laughs> there's yeah, a, a gap. gap. Yeah. So where is the the part that I need to build into? What is the biggest difference right there? And if you were to follow Donut Media's kind of like setup, then, I mean, it's just going to set you up for failure because in reality, Donut Media probably needs to spend like another ten grand to make that car reliable. Yeah. Um, cooling, tuning, all this other stuff. Maybe aero, because it's making so much more power. Yep. Different type of tires or whatnot. And then, like, what what lap time should they be running? Like a one twenty? Uh, one. I mean, they. I mean, what does what do the what, Miatas run? Like, but that's the thing. It's like. What does like a 200 horsepower or 230 horsepower car that weighs like 2,500 pounds should be running? Yeah. It's like, well, you don't know. And how can you really say that that was $20,000 overall, like well spent? And it's, and it's rough because, you know, that influence or that um, reach is going to reach a lot of people and there's going to be some sad individuals who are just going to follow that because you know you're lucky in the sense that you're in socal and you have so much more exposure to tracks and track people right and they can tell you like hey man don't spend money there spend it here like this is what works let me show you and whatnot and i mean even for my build like there's plenty of guys that uh put b series engines into the cars do like k swaps or whatever and it's like well you don't really need to do that because you can go out there in a car in a stock form and really learn and push it. Yeah. And, and that, that message is completely lost with yeah. them. I mean, uh, admittingly, like to their credit, they're not a driver channel. No. They're an automotive entertainment channel, but, you know, most of their audience is going to be young kids. Yeah. And, yeah, every, they're sort of perpetuating the... 
the wrong idea yeah. that we had when I had it when I was young. I don't know about yeah. you that no, you need to sure. build a supercar and then go out to the track and then you're going to be fast. Yeah, because when in reality it's backwards. Yeah, because it's like, oh, why would you take a stock car to a racetrack? You need to have a race car for a racetrack. Yeah, track. exactly. And once you go out there, you realize, holy shit, a lot of these spec driver classes or a lot of these like quote unquote built cars, you look at them and you're like, oh, that's what? all the power you're making? Yeah, like, why is that getting passed by a Kia Rio? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Eli right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it, 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 it sucks. It's sad um, with that. But, you know, that's where we could point people to actually content creators that are doing, like, really good jobs with that. And that is somebody like Gears and Gasoline. Right. Like, the Benz, yeah. what they've done, they go out there. They have a class. Yep. They compete. Yeah. They do tweaks and they follow the rule sets. They do like little like kind of gray pushes in the gray area with that like weird intake that he did on his headlight. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it still functions as the headlight, which yeah. I thought was funny as hell. Like the fact I mean that's what it, the rule books are that's meant what to the, be bent. Like followed yeah. and bent. Yeah, so. but that's like a gray area because it's still like fulfills the function of a headlight because it turns on it has yeah. an led light but it's got like a three inch <laughs> freaking hole through the middle yeah. and goes straight to the intake so to me i look at that and i'm like well if you want to know what a street class or uh, the club tr a fast car would be if you had that chassis that's kind of like where you would need to be yeah so that gives you a better understanding of like oh, okay that's what you need to do and you have people like jackie ding who's out there with a 10th gen civic si and you're like oh that seems like a more uh, realistic build for people yeah, and you're yeah. like okay that makes more sense versus if you try to go in there with like that miata that they built it's like well what class does it run how on pace or off pace is it and i think he even mentioned that that like the car's kind of like unreliable now and yeah kind of like low-key a little bit ruined in my yeah, opinion I mean, but it's funny that you mentioned that because you're right and i watch both channels but gears and gasoline is the antithesis and this is a antithesis of uh donut media in that sense and that yeah. they make the rule book explicit they talk about the challenges they have with staying within those limits, mm -hmm. you know, and it's very, very track oriented. But which one is the more popular channel? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Gears and Gasoline, the the cinematic quality that they oh, put man, out there yeah. is really impressive. Yeah. But because of that, they can't have an episode coming out every day. Right. Right. And that's what they have. It's like they'll have their... And Donut Media is incredibly successful yeah. because of that, because they know the algorithm. And in in a way, what's funny is they know the rule set for YouTube. Like, yes, they're incredibly yeah, great yeah. at figuring out, like, hey, what do we need to be for successful, to be successful at YouTube? Yeah. Content, content, content. Let's content, throw, throw stuff in there. Let's do a, a whole video series on stereos, which yeah. I'm sorry, but it's it's 2020, like 21. I mean, they, did a, they did a whole episode on smelling car air fresheners. <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's funny. It's entertaining. Like, yeah. They're, they're funny people, but yeah, it's just different, completely different lanes. It, it's almost like if they put that kind of focus that they put into the YouTube algorithm to like 
building a spec Miata or building like a, a, any like actual spec car, they would be pretty freaking good. So yeah, I think that's, I, now that you mentioned that, like it's, Gears and Gasoline has a racer's mentality. Yeah. Right, where your reputation is built on your lap times. Mm -hmm. And Donut Media is YouTuber mentality, mm -hmm. where their reputation is built on the following and not necessarily lap times or performance of the car or the driver. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it, like, if you really think about it, they are both trying to do something where, whereas they're trying to be successful on that YouTube platform. One, arguably, is way more successful because they understand the rule set in front of them. So it's not for a lack of uh, capability from uh, oh, Donut no, Media. No, But it's just a, a lack of putting that kind of focus that they put into the YouTube algorithm and right. figuring that out that they would into a build. Like, that whole, like, E36 uh, build, like, what, what class are they going to be running? There so far they've just been in dirt out, yeah. out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, some and BLM. I know it sounds like I'm hating, and that's because I am. <laughs> you know, because because I th I just feel like it's a it, like you said it's a disservice to people getting into the game mm -hmm. to think that they have to do all this like yeah. they did, what they did with the 350Zs. That was the first. Oh, example, that's right? right. They put tons of money into those cars and then blew the, them up at the first track day. I think they're even even they uh, mentioned that like whole high low series because I think their fastest lap time was a two fourteen. Yeah, unlike something that was like a four hundred or something horsepower. Yeah, like all decked out three fifty C. And what was your lap time again? Two set two seven point five. Two seven point five. So. I think they spent like sixty or seventy thousand oh, yeah. dollars on that three fifty C, the like high one, and they went seven seconds slower than you did. Yeah, um, my my build cost less than their low car, <laughs> let alone the high car. Yeah, and yeah, and you're right. I mean, it was the two fourteen. That was the goal to beat for me. <laughs> that day. Yeah, uh, don't don't go slower than Donut Media. It's <laughs> essentially go slower than Donut Media. The the running joke, but uh, again incredibly successful uh segments i thought it was uh really entertaining but uh, then they did it again and they go into the miata yeah and they the follow Miata's the same slow. script then it's unreliable also is leaking oil all over big willow yeah and and it's like they didn't learn their lesson and now they're doing the e30 doing it with the e36 so they did there's a few things i've noticed they did the manual swap already mm -hmm. on the car which is good which right. is good right yeah. they absolutely need a manual swap but whether they did it or not, I don't know, but it's always good practices. And this is known in, throughout the E36 community, front to back, that whenever you're going to replace the transmission, you got to do the detent pins oh. in the transmission. You have to do it because uh, they undoubtedly fail after high miles. And, and those are the little things that it's like, okay, you know, it'd be nice if you included those tidbits and if you have a team that is researching these things, I would have expected to know um, those little details when mm -hmm. building an E36, especially for rally. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, You're beating up the car. Yeah, you really are beating up the car. And it, we, we go back to what we were talking about. What series are they racing in? <laughs> yeah. 
And it's uh, the most recent one. They did a comparison on tires, which I thought was actually yeah, like I a saw good. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was actually like good information and whatnot. Yeah. It was very scientific. I'll say that. that yeah, like they good. did measurements. They did, um, you know, obviously it's not a race track that's set up, so you can't really compare data to previous uh, runners or whatever. But you know, for all intensive purpose, they they had good information in there. But we go back to the point that he made at the beginning of that uh, episode, which was, oh, we're not going to buy rally tires because then that could put you into a different class. And it's like, okay, what class is that? Yeah. <laughs> what org is this? Yeah, like, wait, so you guys are building for a class? Like, <laughs> what class is it? Like, all this information that is like, well, what are the mods that you're doing that are going to help you or not? Or what's, like, competitive and what's not competitive? And... You compare that again with like gears and gasoline, and you see, oh, their stuff is competitive. Yeah, like the tall Ben or Asian Ben, as he likes to call himself. <laughs> um, you know, he he constantly says that oh, the car's good. It's just that I need more seat time, and then you know what that will do to somebody who has a similarly built car. He'll go, oh crap, we have the same car, but. He's saying the seat time is the biggest issue right now, so that's where I need to focus on. Yeah. Whereas if that was like a donut media build, you would see them going like, all right, let's figure out how to crank more power out of yeah, this thing. Yeah, yeah. And that is their theme. Yeah. Like just kind of more power, bigger, sort of the Hoonigan formula as yeah. well. So I, I, I understand the approach, but, I mean, you're right. There's those little details, but those are the details that we look for. Well, yeah, because now, and it's obviously we're not going to be arrogant about this. We're not like the shit when it comes to like road racing. We're pretty consistent. Yeah. Have had good results. But at very least, we are not spending twenty to $70,000 no. on a car that's running times that, you know, a stock freaking, the like, your, your stock, I think. I think my Silver Civic, when I only had wheels, um, did like a 211 at Buttonwillow. And, I mean... Then and that was just like stock. Fully built 350Z. doing 214s. So, I mean, it's, it's just like... They have such a great opportunity to show some of the, like, stuff that, you know, they would get a lot of accolades from, like, the road racing community or just the community in in and of itself and i they they missed a mark but you know in terms of that community uh but you know that's kind of where i look at gears and gasoline where mm -hmm. i'm religiously oh yeah i religiously watch all the content that they put out yeah but it doesn't seem like there's a big enough community of us mm. to warrant donut media pivoting to something like that now would it be a lot of work for them to include some of that detail in each of these builds probably not mm -mm. but it's not their point of focus absolutely and also the taking the approach that gears and gasoline does mm -hmm. takes it i think it takes a lot more balls to do that yeah because, because if they suck exactly there, there's exactly. no like if if tall ben ends up being like seven seconds off yeah like 
well, we all know that the car's built. Yeah. We all know this is the pace it's supposed to be at. Yep. You're not there. It's you. Yeah. And I'm sure. And that's something that you and I talked about. Um, the like pressure that you have. Yeah. Especially going out there and doing uh, events out on the track. It's like you have a pretty successful uh, podcast in the automotive field. And, you know, some people are going to be able to go ahead and, you know, fact check you by yeah, looking absolutely. looking at your lap times and seeing are you full of shit or are you actually like moving yeah are you walking the walk and that i mean that goes for everything right yeah. i mean everybody loves to talk but are you performing up to that same level and so there is that i genuinely genuinely have that pressure in the mm -hmm. back of my head all the time where it's like you know i need to show that i can do this do the things that you know, you're do talking the things about that you're talking about yeah yeah absolutely. and i mean when we talked about like freaking uh big willow i think your first time out there you were doing like a 146 or the first time in the e36 yeah i did a yeah it was a 146 or 147. I yeah i remember because you heard me say that i did a 148 and you're like okay just don't go faster than the <laughs> 146 and that was yeah. in the in the uh black eg the yeah, yeah. 110 wheel horsepower <laughs> the studio <laughs> <laughs> the studio yeah <laughs> so i mean like yeah it it doesn't especially for like you and me like we don't have the algorithm or the viewership to fall back on to be able to say well fuck you we have this yeah we really have to fall back on the fact that well fuck you we can drive yeah like to any critiques or anybody saying like oh you don't know what you're talking about it's like no we can go out to the track our lap times are rip, uh, respectable because they're pretty close to podium times and the cars are not built up to the rule set so yeah. there's still time and you know grouping there and i am i i always try to be like very humble in the, the in my achievements and not try to like show off too much right because there's always someone faster <laughs> there's always someone faster but i'm also comparing myself or comparing what i'm doing to you know like the honda challenge drivers right and people like carlos people like graham people like freaking dylan and i see like what they do and i'm always like super impressed and just like waiting for my opportunity to go out there and do well and i know for a fact that i'm gonna get my ass handed to me <laughs> yeah, at, yeah. at button well it's a rite of passage yeah but the thing is that i'm not gonna get walked horribly right and, right and that's like the thing it's like if i lose and i'm like four or five seconds off pace on a car that doesn't have like a built transmission or the arrow which actually is something that uh, i haven't even addressed because the car is going to be running tt6 and Honda Challenge, I'm not going to be able to run a rear wing because the point penalties for it... It's too high. Like, I would have to run 100 pounds heavier. Yeah, I'm kind of doing that same dance right now, too. Yeah, and it's like, fuck. Like, it sucks, but, you know, this is kind of like what I set up for. Right. And theoretically, TT6, like, lap records and lap times at the highest, uh, the most competitive are pretty close with a uh, Honda Challenge. But the problem with Honda Challenge is they don't have a horsepower to weight ratio there. So it's kind of like a builder's class. So uh, some people, some people can, you know, 
put a lot of money into a car. Interesting. You know, they may not have like a dyno for, for it, but as long as everything was done to the rules, but you know, they get super anal about like rod weights and making sure that the rod weights are like within like thousands of a gram of each other. Right. Even though they're OEM ones. Yeah. You know, that's going to help. It's make, the best OEM. Yeah. It's like balancing your crank with your freaking uh, clutch and flywheel oh, and wow. having all of that weighted and, and verified. And that way you know that that's in there using, because you can replace OEM hardware with titanium hardware. Right. So... There are some people that will put uh, freaking titanium bolts for the flywheel and everything to reduce the amount of mass that's in that freaking, you know, crank. Right. And all of those things singularly won't be a big difference. But when you add them all up, that's where you start to see, like, actual power, like, coming out. That makes sense. So for what I'm trying to kind of, like, roundabout saying is that you could have a Honda Challenge H4 car that theoretically would match up a TT6, but if they did the horsepower to weight ratio and had all of those uh, qualifiers in there, they might not qualify for TT6. Oh, so, gotcha. in in a way, I'm kind of saying like, why I'm gonna suck this year? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I get that. That's how Beamer Challenge is constructed too, mm-hmm. where it's like. The car you have puts you in a specific category, and then mods add points. Yeah. But if you're modifying OEM stuff yeah. and improving that, then you're not necessarily going against the rules, but you yeah. are getting an edge. Exactly. And going back to what you said about you know you're 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 really not a like you don't talk shit or have a big ego. I'm a little different with than you in that in that I do talk shit. I very willingly talk shit. I think it's a part of sports. Mm-hmm. But I also make sure to balance that with putting out the bad content, right? Mm-hmm. Like I make sure to put out all my offs, mm-hmm. my spin outs, because I want people to see that it's not all like everybody's going to put their fastest laps on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Right, but it's not always that. I mean, you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna make errors, mm-hmm. and you just gotta make sure you turn those into opportunities and learn. The whole Animaniacs, good yeah. idea, bad <laughs> idea. I love that little thing <laughs> yeah. of making mistakes because yeah. here's the thing: like, if you're somebody who's like, and I, I guess both of our podcasts kind of uh, focus on the entry level to intermediate. Um, podcast listener who's out there for uh road racing if those people go out there and they have they go to like a speed sf event yeah and you know they have a hard time because they show up to grid late because they get called out for immediate grid (laughs) and then they go off um and they have like a hard time because they didn't get the lap time that they wanted and them going off, they felt like really bad about themselves. And then they see you posting off. Oh yeah, I went off and I did that. They're like, Oh, this guy that I listened to that I can see isn't full of shit. Yeah. Also made similar mistakes. I, I get that pressure taken off. Yeah. And it's kind of like what I talked to Ryan Eversley. And again, love that guy. I'll always support him. Watch him in NASCAR. He's gonna like he may not finish first, but I uh, I guarantee you he's gonna be one of the best uh, driving drivers out there. Um, when he told me that they've had 
he was in a race team where because of the thermostat, the car overheated. And right. I'm like, bro, that's literally <laughs> like the start of this whole adventure right. with the EG. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and just having the, you know, humility to be able to say like, oh, yeah, we fucked up that before. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like in, in a certain way, Donut Media does do that by showing that their shit's like spewing oil and they're like, ah, oh, man, I guess we made this unreliable. In a way, in, but I do feel they hide the the element that makes you vulnerable that, that gears and gasoline does oh, that yeah. you do that I do. Mm in that you know we're competing right it almost seems like they intentionally as a defense mechanism insulate these wild cars insulate themselves in the idea of building a wild car and not paying attention to the times and the performance of the driver they don't really draw a lot of attention to that because they don't want to have the pressure of being good of of being like kind of fact check because it let's yeah. say, let's say let's say that that car let's say <laughs> that that car goes into NASA time trials. Okay. And based on the horsepower to weight ratio, because it's got so much power, um, it's not even a TT5 car, it's a TT4 car. Yeah. And they're competing with the TT4 drivers. Right. Which you've seen a couple of them. Yes. They are fast. Yes. And are. when you're out there and you're competing against like one of the guys who's a doctor freaking awesome driver yeah and they're doing like a one one like a 150 a low 150 out there yeah and they go out there and they're doing a 214 <laughs> i'm sorry like even the anybody yeah. watching that video is gonna be like oh bro like you're almost 20 seconds off of where you're supposed to be competing. Yeah. Like, that's a real gut check. Yeah, oh, big time. And it takes a lot to put yourself out there like that. Because people, people, people who don't drive are going to oh, be the first to, to start talk shitting shit. you yeah. about the content that you put out. Exactly. Like, uh, you know, I've... We're doing something with Grease Monkey uh, Media, or Grease Monkey Gloves right now. We're doing media with them. Yeah, and congrats about that. Thank you. We're putting out like 60-second like DIY clips, and we'll mm -hmm. do simple things. And this month we did a, you know, changing the color on your emblem, right? That simple. Sometimes yeah, it's, it's, it's 60 seconds. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to, to get a lot of stuff in there. And then you start getting in the comments. It's like, oh, you know, what are we going to see next week? You know, changing your tire or whatever. <laughs> And I'm just in my head. I'm just like, man, like you. One, you're never gonna please everybody. No. Two, these keyboard warriors. I mean, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. Like, what are you putting out? They, they're just trying to knock you down to make themselves feel better. Yeah. And it, and it's shitty that we have stuff like that. And I don't know if this is coming through, um, but my fiance's back in her Miata, so that means she did not buy the fit. This, I think, you officially have a drive-in studio. <laughs> Uh, I'm keeping all of this in here. No, this is good. This yeah, is this, is, this is uh, race perfect. Race cars gold. on race cars. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know still, um, the Race FF Studios is literally the EG, and I have the window, the sunroof cracked, the rear window cracked, uh, so that we don't, like, sweat. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, we're, I think we're sweating anyway, but, yeah, this is the coolest studio I've ever been a part of. <laughs> And uh, John's mic is literally on my GoPro uh, <laughs> mount uh, connected yep. to the sunroof so that he can have it like real close to him. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to have to have that uh, as the 
thumbnail picture. Yeah, you're, you're gonna have to send it to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this so, is funny. So yeah, like, hold on, I'm I'm actually gonna do this uh, live on podcast. <laughs> there we go. We got a good one. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people <laughs> doing different uh, Photoshop yeah, I said, stuff. I, yeah, I told you, I feel very vulnerable with this uh, this mic setup. <laughs> oh man, it's funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, you know, <laughs> it, it just boils down to what are you, go- your goals going to be and how you can stay true to them. And the hardest part is always keeping yourself accountable. Yeah. And when you, you yourself don't meet those, um, levels or accountability, it's on you. And then you have to work on how to be, you know, better at it. And yep. That's something that is extremely uh, vulnerable, uh, to a vulnerable position to put yourself into. So I, I get why, you know, that may not be attractive to donut media. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's a full time job just to be a good driver. Because yeah. it's not just, I mean, I'm sure for the people that are are really good, are they're not putting as much into it. But for a novice, you know, I'm studying, I'm reading books, I'm I'm on YouTube, I'm trying to get as much as I can out of my car and myself. So there's a lot of time invested outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does require, you know, a good amount of effort of just researching, you know, how to drive as opposed to how to make a video, which mm-hmm. in itself is is a whole game I hate, but yeah. it's it takes forever too. Yeah, and I mean, that's a skill set that I honestly don't have, and I don't have the patience to do, like, editing of videos, because it's just like, man, it's it's, it's hard. And I gotta give uh, Donut Media credit for that. They have a whole freaking ecosystem built. Oh, for sure. To just knock those guys out. And They're actually looking for hosts right now. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. So you're sending your application? <laughs> I'm good. Be like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you how to get out there on the track. Give me that Miata, man. I'm gonna man. send them this episode. Where we're just shit talking the whole time. But it, <laughs> it, it's not really shit talking. It's constructive talk- criticism. criticism. Yes. Yeah, because like, look, it's not that Donut Media is shitty. No, they're not. Like, they yeah. obviously are really smart at that algorithm. And right. you know, they they have mouths to feed. Yeah, there. like they have. I'm sure a team of editors that all need to get paid. Everybody needs to get paid. So they are under pressure to make shit happen. Yeah. But I think that they're missing a a spot. And maybe it's not a popular spot, like you're saying, um, of showing like real road racing stuff. Or maybe that's what they're looking for now. Maybe they've realized that. And that's maybe a hole they that just filling. need John to go in there <laughs> and show them what's up. <laughs> that's a strange way to pronounce Hyman. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man. you're the NASA coach, man. Oh. You've got you've got all the clout right now. Yeah, man. I I am just I am just very lucky to have people uh, tolerate me <laughs> and uh, give me the opportunity to have them on my podcast that uh, honestly like i'm still shocked that i get people who are willing to come on and yeah you've gained a lot of traction really fast I, yeah I, I i mean i listen all mm-hmm. the time um and i'm like man this is he's got some really good guests really good conversation really good insight which is 
kind of what your goal is, right? Yeah. To provide people knowledge on the, you know, uh, FF scene. Yeah. Even though I'm no longer in that scene, you've, you have me in here. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, so race FF, in my point of view, is talking about uh, FF cars, but also talking about racing. Right. Because, you know, without without the racing part, the FF part, it's like, all right, how are we going to make our cars look dope for the boba meat? <laughs> and, and it's simple. Bag it, uh, buy um, Workmeister wheels yeah. and uh, Volk TE37s, slam them on there, have a crisp uh, paint job, and, uh, you know do a case swap or whatever and put an ARC intake and, you know, just all the JDM goodies in there and you're fucking set, bro. Like, you, you're killing it. But, no, like, for me, people like Dylan. And I keep going back to EJ2 track rad because I love, like, everything that he's always doing from using fucking, like, right there, oil pan fucking metal to make brackets and shit for, <laughs> for that car. Yeah. And... Dylan's a competitive driver. I mean, he's he's done uh, first place finishes in the Northeast Honda Challenge, and you know, like I look at the people who follow the Instagram page and some of the people who reached out to me, and it's like I may not have a lot of listeners, but the ones that I do are track enthusiasts and track people. And to be honest, that's the type of people that I want to have conversations with, and. And I mean, to put it in a different perspective, too, like, let's say you got 10 listeners, which I know yeah. you have more than that. But let's yeah. say you have 10 listeners. Put 10 people in a room listening to you, to you Exactly. That's, a, that's huge. That's huge. You know? like, and, and you get lost with listening to, like, people like, you know, uh, Tom Segura. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and all of those comedians, they have such a great following because they're putting out thousands and thousands. But it, yeah. it, it's a good point. Like... If I had all the listeners that I had, like, in a room just listening to me talk, that'd be, that'd be an intimidating, like, stand-up freaking venue. Like, having oh, a sure. thousand people, like, in front of you listening. Yeah. I, I race cars. <laughs> I have a Honda. <laughs> <laughs> the AC works. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, like, it's, that's, I mean, if your goal is to get rich, that might not mean a lot. But, I mean, I think for us, that's not mm -hmm. really the goal. So I'm very appreciative of everyone who really takes the time to listen. And also because of that, I try to make sure to be, you know, put out as much quality content as I can. Yeah. And become a better driver. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, again, it keeps you, um, you check yourself right there. Oh, for sure. Because you don't want to give out bad information. Yeah. And uh, same thing with me. Like, I don't want to talk about a, a subject that I don't feel like I have a good understanding of. Yeah. Or at least uh, have a have a conversation with something that you know i'm completely out of my depth with without having at least a guest who's knowledgeable about that right because in the end it's it's gonna be you know i'm gonna look dumb and then people are gonna be like well why am i listening to this person yeah yeah who wants to hear that idiot yeah and that's where i don't want to be i, I don't want to like i've talked to adam jabay about this um of the like donnie kruger effect that i have where i'm just like worried to be pulled out as a fraud because I can't do X, Y, and Z thing. But I think that's more of like kind of circling back to that, like 
Hispanic background where we're always called out yeah. for not like like we in my experience I've never had the issue of somebody overhyping me in the family like everybody's yeah. always taking shots to like keep you down really yeah anything and yeah really anytime you get to a point where you are feeling good about yourself you're gonna get brought back down <laughs> Hisp hispanic like especially like we're talking about the immigrant um uh generation they are so good at busting your balls oh yeah i mean I don't know if you've dealt with it, but, like, at parties, they would sing a song to make you fucking cry. And it's the, like, get a yoda, oh, get a yoda. Yeah. <laughs> that shit would make yeah. you cry, bro. It's yeah, like they're, like, like they, singing. They see that you're struggling with whatever situation is and you're starting to tear up and they'll start to encourage that <laughs> shit. You're right, yeah. It's so savage. Yeah. And, it's so, and, again, it goes back to why I... I say, like, hey, I'm proud of what you've done. Yeah. Because I want you to remember that this is a good thing. And you've yeah. done a good thing. And I think of the same thing. Like, you need to break out of that, like, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. And I mean, like, dude, I I've had compliments from people like Ryan Eversley, from freaking Tom O'Gorman, from Adam Jabay about, like, my build of my Silver Civic. That's something that will will be touching on more in some of future episodes and my goals for that one. But yeah. to have somebody like Tom O'Gorman and Adam Jabay say, like, dude, I drove your car. It's fucking perfect. Don't leave it. Like, dude, that's a huge compliment. Oh, for sure, yeah. And it, it just kind of tells me, like, oh, I'm doing something right. Yep. And oftentimes, like, you don't know what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong. And then when you have somebody who's very knowledgeable, who you kind of look up to, say good things about you and i mean like freaking ryan eversley saying like oh you're one of my people i'm just like fuck bro like really <laughs> yeah dude. trying not to tear up here <laughs> yeah that's funny that's funny uh, i mean you always we're always looking for that validation of, yeah we're always doing that yeah i mean and it's it's so easy with what we do because mm -hmm. everything is quantified Right. And, you know, you can measure depending on what mods you have on your car, mm -hmm. how fast it can be in the hands of such and such. Right. Yeah. So being able to measure those things kind of makes it obvious whether you're doing well, whether you're not doing well, whether this is not meant for you, mm -hmm. whether it is meant for you. And I was having a conversation with somebody about about kind of the concept that you brought up of, you know, the praise or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and even, you know, kind of our generation now is getting the opportunity to make choices about what we do with our future mm -hmm. versus our parents' generation, it was kind of like get a grind job, and hustle, grind that job out, and stay there as much as you as much as you can. And they don't understand now that, you know, like we're doing podcasting. I'm talking about like oh maybe maybe moving away from my current career, moving to something else. Mm -hmm. To them, it's like this crazy foreign idea that it's like. You know why? Like you have you have security now. Yeah. Why and are I, you gonna take these risks? And I mean, like, like for anybody in our generation, we got dealt like kind of a really weird hand, where for the first time, and this is my personal opinion, we were really exposed to the world uh, market in terms of a competition, because our our previous generation, and again, this is my personal opinion, didn't have to contend with fighting for a job 
with the people um, outside of your current area. Like, yeah, yeah, you're like right. Like, there, there yeah. if you're applying for a job right now, you're not competing with everybody in SoCal. No. no. You're competing with anybody who has a connection to the internet that is willing to do that job. Yeah, you're and right. it's... It's intimidating because now companies have moved their manufacturing outside. I mean, Ford has a lot of manufacturing in China, and they've uh, subsidized their um, their manufacturing out over there. So those are engineering position, positions that no longer exist yeah. here. And, you know, whether that's for the better or for the worse, I think both you and I fall into the... Um, capitalist society of like you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. the market is is going to be the one that uh pushes and decides what's going to be really tolerated or not tolerated yeah by consumers speaking with their wallet but you know it's it's rough and you have to become way more flexible and you lose a lot of that security oh yeah for sure Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got to fend for yourself. Yeah. It's, I mean, all I want to do is work like two days a week and race. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. You know, like, that'd be nice to be able to do something like that. But, nah, that's not going to work. It's not in the cards for us, at least not yet. Mm-hmm. So we got to work full time and then do what you can outside of that and then go enjoy your track days. Yeah. But, you know, maybe this turns into something, you know. Maybe we Who see knows? Race FF Pod on you know, Spotify with the Joe Rogan <laughs> deal, you know. Like, that, that'd be pretty cool. Dude, I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, you never but, know, man. but, you know, there's a lot of kids with freaking civics, but they're more into, like, drag racing and stuff like that. But, yeah. But, you know, a, uh, I'm... Were you ever in the show scene? Mm, not really. Like, I mean, even I would... just as a spectator. Maybe not a building a car, but... I guess, yeah, I went to car meets because that was, like, what you would do. Yeah. Um, but, like, right away, um, I got introduced to people like John and Kelvin and um, Jeff Jones. Yeah. And once we started going out driving in the canyons like idiots, I got super enthralled with the idea that you didn't need to build a car because I couldn't afford to. Right. Um and you could drive out there and hold your own against uh, something that was built, which later translated into the road racing scene. And then after that, as soon as I got a taste of that, you know, I, w- I was hooked and I was constantly going. I was broke as shit. Like I had three different freaking tires going to Big Willow. <laughs> I, I remember I, ha- I bought a pair of Falcon 912s. So yeah. like some all seasons for my... Uh, blue civic and i had those on the front okay then i got a tire a kumho extra from my cousin george from his <laughs> crx that was like dry rotted as shit and i threw that in the back on the on the passenger side because i knew that was less turns going on that one and then my buddy john gave me a ball f- uh a zenny like the what was it the 615 oh okay so, but it was like bald on the inside and still had tread on the outside of the tire. And I put that one on the driver's side rear so that on right hand turns it would grip, but left hand turns it would start to like slide <laughs> a little bit. So oh, that's man. what I used yeah. like to go out there and still like try and do my best to like track. And, you know, yeah, I had a blast. I had people like Michael Jima even drive my car and complain about how shitty the automatic was 
how oh you started with an automatic yeah oh okay yeah it was an auto 99 civic ex automatic well, at least you had VTech. yeah i mean <laughs> it was there i mean whether you could get it or you had to drop it down to d2 <laughs> d2 yeah, that that's a throwback for some people. <laughs> dropping it down to D two, or or if you're getting really aggressive, dropping it down to L. Oh, oh man, were you the type that were was doing uh, neutral burnouts? Nah, I, I, as soon as I found out that that could fuck your transmission <laughs> up, I'm like, nah. Yeah, I, I, I probably did it car. once or twice. Yeah. Like in the rain, just to like feel cool. Like, yeah, it's moving. <laughs> but nah, man, I, I was always scared of breaking my shit because, again, all my cars were salvaged. They were already broken. So yeah. I'm like, I can't push this thing more. I, mean, I think that's the same story for, for me. I mean, I think early on, all our cars were salvaged, although I never had an automatic. Yeah. But I lived in the show scene a lot longer than you did. Mm. I would do like canyon runs, but the people that I would do canyon runs with were still part of like the meets mm -hmm. and the shows. And like he said, it wasn't until I discovered what track life was really like that I mm. left all that stuff behind. I'll still go to a meet every now and then just because you know, yeah. have nothing else to do, but... It's not as meaningful as it it once was, you know. Yeah, uh, like I don't across. I don't get excited. Yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't yeah. excite me. Like it's what would excite me is like meeting like Dennis out on out at like a, a racetrack and seeing him with the Midori Green EK or yeah. like seeing Carlos or marcel or any of the honda challenge guys out there like driving their cars i'm always excited asking questions about like what they're doing and whatnot so yeah yeah i mean i like the track days are one of the things that even i i, I can enjoy alone mm -hmm. you know like there's always someone to talk to always people to meet you know everyone's super friendly yeah and if they're not friendly you just make sure you beat them on the track so yeah exactly that, that, that you find competitors yeah Every story has its villains, so you're okay there. <laughs> you know, but that's you know, I, I'm very thankful for you. I'm sure, I'm sure, like Tony feels the same way too. Mm -hmm. Kind of making a soft introduction into the track life. Yeah, and you know that's something that like I'm always very critical of myself. Is and I'm, I I recognize that I'm very hard on myself uh, when it comes to like coaching and doing a good job on there, and yeah. like my requirements for like me. Are, are really high compared to what maybe other people would uh, want. And that's mainly because I want, you know, to be validated in the sense that if I have a student go out there and he's out there with me, I want him to be able to say, like, oh, I had Jaime as my instructor, and he was good. I don't want to have, like, people go, oh, Jaime was, like, all right, he's, like, shitty or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I want to make sure that at every single person I'm doing the best that I can so that in the future, if they end up being a, a racer or whatever, they're going to be like, oh, that guy's good. Like, not just as a driver, but, like, a decent person that I want to be around. Yeah, and what's interesting is that you don't have a lot of motivation to do that other than having it within yourself. Because mm -hmm. although, you know, I guess the, the, the payment 
for being an instructor is that you get a free track weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that's enough of a motivator for you not to just go with the motions, right? I, I think but for certain don't. people, for, I think uh, for, for a lot of people, people, it is it is that they're there for the. It's kind of like university professors, right? Yeah, I have I've had a lot of professors who were dedicated to what they were doing, but then mm-hmm. I've had a lot of professors who were just there they're, for their research. Yeah, they're they're phoning it yeah, in. Yeah, and they and they phoned it in for lectures and stuff. It's the same concept. So for you to yeah. take that that extra mile i mean that's that's pretty cool you know it, it built confidence in I, people i think that goes back to like um the way um and not to keep harping back on it but that like immigrant background yeah that like it doesn't matter what job you're doing and this is something that was like instilled right. by my dad it's like you do the best job that you're gonna do what i don't care if it's washing dishes cleaning cars mowing lawns yeah you do the best job that you possibly can for sure and it's like it it could be shitty it could be bad work or whatever but you're gonna do well yeah and that's like that's your business card that's your calling and you know i've had good success in that and because of that i'm i'm happy with that that's a good point i mean because i'm i'm that way with things too although i'm i'm more of a complainer Mm. i complain complain about (laughs) stuff and like i hate this job or i hate this thing Uh, i've been there i don't want to work this at my do this at my house Mm -hmm. but you know you always find a way to give it your best Mm -hmm. because you know you you never know it might lead to something good and then i'm also i also like i get obsessed with my interests Mm -hmm. which is a good thing and a bad thing Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing is that I ended up I end up diving first into something like track driving, right? Mm-hmm. Where like I want to make a lot of progress in a little amount of time. And but, it's good to have uh, good goals. Yeah, I mean. but then it's also bad in that you end up being really hard on yourself. Yeah, you know, like when I spun out the on the shakedown, you know, at Big Willow when I took the E36 out the first time, that was very demoralizing for yeah. me. Yeah. Because it was the punctuation mark for spending months building this car and yeah. having goals ended up me losing and me being like losing a bumper and at not the, being able to drive the rest of the at day. At turn two. At turn two on my outlap. Oh, man. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. So yeah. like coming back. At the next event and doing a, it was a 140. I think that's when I did the 146. 46. It was sort of validating in that, you know, yeah, it wasn't an extremely fast time. But at the very least, okay, now the car is sorted. Things are okay. I shook off the cobwebs. Mm -hmm. Because that was the most frustrating part for me of spinning out that day. Is that usually in all other sports, when something like that happens, you get right back up, get back on the bike, or get back to do whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and kick ass immediately. And you shake off that that feeling that you have of sort of kind of either sadness or depression of it, right? And I didn't have that opportunity. I had to wait a few months before I was able to shake that off. I was I was legit concerned that this would shake my confidence a bit and therefore start affecting the progress I was going to be making. But yeah. luckily I broke through that pretty easily. Yeah, you did a really good job with that and then, you know, when Grid Life came and gave us that opportunity to do better and we all did. Oh yeah. That was that was huge. Yeah. That was a very that was a big turning point. Yeah. That Thanks was a huge to Grid turning Life. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a huge boost in confidence for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Yeah. And to have people like, you know, Adam and Tomo and just to have those people there at, at that event and 
to know that we were part of it. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's Although we felt wild. like we didn't belong there the entire time. But <laughs> that yeah, shit was though, wild. Yeah, it was, man. Yeah. And, you know, with that, man, um, I think this is an episode. Episode. Episode in the books. Yeah. So, dude, I'm super proud of you. I'm looking forward to seeing you in time trial in October and making that push. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm gonna push you for that. Yeah, no, not not because that. of that's also pushed me to do a lot of the work. That yeah, because right now, for your listeners to know, I'm on stock seats. I'm on a stock interior for the most part. So being able to switch. Tell to me a, about <laughs> it. I know. You Tell me it. about yeah. it. Being able to switch to an actual race configuration, I think it's gonna be kind of nice. Yeah, you, I, I think it's at least worth the second at almost all the tracks that you've been at. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and and with that, guys, I will. See you guys uh, next Monday. So thanks for listening. Thank you.